got a problem, you don't know what to do. Your dreams are strange, and you're seeing things too. The world is full of mystery, life's more than you can see. You can ask pomegranate, you can ask pomegranate, she's a priestess. Hello, welcome to Ask Pomegranate, the podcast which delves into life's mysteries and death and beyond. Today I want to talk to you a little bit about what you're doing here. Just why are you here on planet Earth? So I have been thinking about the American mindset and the, it's not just American, it's North American, it's kind of Western culture of, um, that it has, it's really become prevalent that your validation can really only come from being famous. It's, uh, Andy Warhol's everyone will have 15 minutes of fame. I don't know what he meant by that, but I wonder, it sounded like a put down to me that everyone would get 15 minutes of fame, but I don't think it is any longer considered a put down to have 15 minutes of fame. Um, I think it's become almost a kind of an addiction uh, to find that the, to be validated, to find a sense of self, to feel like you're who you are. You have to have a whole lot of people reflecting back to you who you are in order to feel that. And that essentially that's what fame is, is getting a whole lot of people um, to reflect back to you who you are. And that is the inevitable, inevitable outcome of the culture that says through extreme ambition, through ambition and an attempt to excel, uh, to push yourself, to strive, to want, to need, uh, you will become validated. You'll become whole. You'll become yourself. You'll become strong. And um, as Dorothy found out in The Wizard of Oz that she had the power all along. And, and that's what I want to talk about is, we're okay, so if we have the power all along, what does that mean? Where does that come from? And how does that actually all of her striving and Dorothy's in the wizard of Oz striving and wanting and dreaming to go back to Kansas. Can I just put a, a little comma here and say this? Why did she want to go back to Kansas? <laughs> I don't know. It seemed like there was a lot of mean people who wanted to steal her dog. And, and there was a lot of, uh, it was all, you know, in sepia and um, she got to be in the land of Oz. I kind of would have wanted to stay there for at least a second, but she like arrives. And the next thing you know, she wants to go home. Um, but she spends the entire story trying to get back home. And in the end, she finds that she has the power. She had the power all along. So if you are striving, if you're dreaming, if you're seeking, if you're wanting, if you're um, needing validation from outside, what does it mean that you have the power all along? Because all of these stories, fairy tales have this are you're the main character, right? You know, like in the matrix when, when, uh, or, or in the matrix or in Dune or in all of these stories where main characters are asking themselves the question, am I the one? Am I the one? Am I the one? Am I the one? Yes, you're the one. You are the one, you know, and you are the one listener. You are the one. I am the one. And what does it mean that you're the one? These storylines come up where we have to figure out, am I the one? And the answer is yes, you are the one. And yes, you do have the power. And so if I have the power, what's all this striving, striving, striving that Western culture tells me I have to do? What's all this need to be famous, need to strive, need to have goals, need to be driven, 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 and to achieve and maybe it's even achieve, you know, sometimes it's achieving things that you really don't even want. Like if you look at Andre Agassi, who became a top uh, seated uh, tennis player, never wanted to be a tennis player. <laughs> that was his father's dream for him that you can have that example. But there was also like the drive and the steam to do something you really do want to do that you really are called to do. And the question becomes, for me, what this, what I'm trying, the point I'm trying to get to is this, I am now getting to the point, is this, if 
if I have the power all along, what is all this striving for? What is all this need, this longing to achieve for? And I think we ha what is required is to get the big picture, and that's partly what I'm here to do. So what I would like to introduce you to is to the idea that your the big picture is that your existence on planet Earth in and of itself from the second you were born is amazing. It's amazing. Now, the Dalai Lama will tell you how amazing it is. And I got to go along with the guy. I mean, I agree with him on this point <laughs> and probably every other point he makes, but which is that to arrive on planet Earth, to be ensouled, to have the Earth and the soul to meet and become activated is amazing. There really isn't much you have to do after that. So if you arrive here and you become a plant or you arrive here and you're a kitty or you arrive here as you probably are and you're a human, you can kind of just go, hey man, status achieved, you know, <laughs> like you are it. You're the, you're the, the one, you're the one who got born. You're the one who is here. Anything you do after that is gravy. So if you arrive and you go into a coma and you're in a coma for 10 years, that's fine. That's amazing. That's awesome. That's, that's a, a thing to be celebrated because you arrived and you're having the experience of being in a coma because you have arrived and you're having the experience of having incredible ambitions and being driven and striving, striving, striving. Uh, because you have arrived and you, you don't really, you're just happy getting up in the morning and having your bowl of cereal and then, you know, cleaning out toilets and then going to bed. That's, they're all equally valuable. They're all equally beautiful. They're all equally amazing. There isn't um, a status in the spirit realm. There isn't, it isn't more important to have become Brad Pitt or become, uh, you know, Martin Luther King or to become uh, a dishwasher. Those are all equally important, valid, interesting, amazing, fabulous things. So what I want you to do is right now, I invite you, I invite you in this moment to just, as I always ask you to do, to just breathe and try to breathe into your belly a little bit so you relax a little, full breath in, and just be in this moment amazed at the fact that you have arrived on planet Earth and that you are in this moment being and doing whatever it is you're doing and just be like, wow, rock on. And each day that you add to that, in each moment, each breath that you add to this experience of being present here, it's pretty freaking awesome. I mean, it's seriously cool. There are some spirits, I hear tell that there are some spirits that can never, will never try, will never attempt to ensoul, will never attempt to go through the process of, of amnesia that we have to go through to forget everything else that's ever happened to you in any other lives or any other existence and to just dive into this hologram called earth. There are beings who won't do it, but you did it. You're here. And that's cool. So you can strive and you can dream and you can rest and you can do nothing and you can, you know, be in the physical body you're in. Uh, the health that you have is exactly right in this moment. It's exactly the right health. The mind you have right now is exactly right. And everything in your life right now is pretty awesome and cool. Even though, even if you hate it, it's still awesome and cool. Cause that experience of hating something is awesome and cool from a soul level. And the thing is you have the ruby slippers. You are the one and you get to do whatever you want with those tools. So thanks for tuning in and we'll be back with your questions next. You can ask pomegranate five two zero two 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 ninety nine twenty two. Hi, um, my name.
name's Alexa. I have a question, which is, I have received so much awesome information, uh, psychically and in other ways, about who I'm supposed to be and what I'm doing on Earth and what I have to give and how I can help the world. And I'm so thankful for that. Thank you, teachers and spirit guides, um, so I can see this golden future. And I have a lot of information about it, but meanwhile, I'm here on planet Earth, and I'm a single mom, and I have to figure out how to get more work than I currently have, and it's time to clean the bathroom again, even though it seems like I just did it. And um, sometimes I actually get really overwhelmed and depressed about the gap between the present reality and that golden future. And I don't think that that's what my spirit guides were trying to do by showing me the golden future. They're trying to inspire me and lead me there. And um, I'm really trying so hard to get there. But it's like I see myself singing these songs, and that's great, except I still suck at guitar. And I'm trying, and I'm practicing, and I'm trying to learn. But it just feels like such so far away. And I see this book that I'm supposed to write and publish, but it's... It's so far from being done, and it's just um, that gap. I'm wondering if you have any advice about how to work with that gap between where we are now and where we're going. That would be super helpful. Your wisdom always is. Thanks, Tom. Good question. The gap. Well, let's just start off by reiterating what you said, which was you were grateful to know what your vision is or what your dream of your future is or what you're being called to do. That's really good. I mean, many, many people suffer uh, terribly because they don't know what they're supposed to be doing. I mean, supposed to be doing in quotes or what they're, you know, what, the, what it is that they're, they want to do even. Um, I'll give you a hint if you're one of the people who are like, I don't know what I'm, what I want to do. Uh, one of the hints are you liked it when you were a kid, it was like, you know, easy. And one of the things that I always recommend to people when they're trying to figure out what to do with their time, because that's really what you're talking about. What do I do with my time? That's going to be fulfilling for me. Um, one of the things I recommend you do is that you don't, that you remove what you love from the money spell. In other words, what we immediately do is we go, well, I can't do that because I can't make money at it. Or there's this other notion, which I, I think I'm equally displeased with, which is do what you love and the money will follow. The money will follow. I mean, who cares? The point is do what you love, be in the thing that you like doing and be doing the thing you enjoy. And that's, that's sort of the secret for how to, um, approach this problem of the gap between when you do get a vision and then bringing that vision to fulfillment, um, which is, you know, partly don't wait. Like, what can you do today that is the fulfillment of that dream? What, what you know, and when one of the ways that you're going to need to do that is to, like, not worry about how how good it is or how well you're doing at it because it's actually not about what you produce as an artist it's more about how you feel when you're doing it it doesn't really matter that grandma moses's paintings were every single one of them the same and for my personal taste um not something i really care for i don't i'm not inspired by grandma moses i know many people are but what i am inspired by by her not her paintings but the fact that she sat down every day and she made a painting. And yes, for some reason, making the ex almost exact same painting every day with virtually no improvement in her technique, um, <laughs> she did it. And she and you can tell she loved doing it, that she loved making those paintings. So from a, from a sort of spiritual standpoint, you your golden moment is right now. What can you do today in this moment? to go and do what you find fulfilling. What would fulfill you in this moment? This is the secret. What in this moment, what can you do today? Or what will you do today that is fulfilling to you today? Because when you get, when you do all the things, which I will describe for you in a minute that you have to do to get to the vision that you see in the future. And 
what's going to happen is you're going to get there and you're going to enjoy it for about a half an hour to an hour at the tops. And then you're going to start going and saying, well, now I have this other vision and your ambition and your drive and your courage and your excitement is going to start taking you off in another, another direction. So it's really not about being in that moment. It's like, I finish a painting. I like the painting. I'm like, yay, I finished a painting. I have some pride around it. I have some joy about it. I feel satisfied for it. And then I forget about it. I don't really think about that painting again. And if I do, it's only because I think it's not finished. When I'm really engaged when a painting, with a painting is when it's not done, <laughs> when I'm still working on it. Where I, when I'm really engaged in a podcast is when I'm really still working on it. I don't really spend a lot, a lot of time thinking about podcast number three. I'm, I'm on podcast, whatever this is. So what it's important to do is, um, you know, I mean, Ram Dass is awesome. And what he says is true is to be in the moment, be here now, enjoy this moment. What is it you can do today around songs? that's going to be fulfilling for you in this moment because the golden moment is now what what is it you could do to be fulfilled in this moment around your writing and do that thing and if you do that what happens is it builds up little things build up and the next thing you know you're achieving and achieving is great it's really nice to achieve I enjoy achieving I'm a big achiever uh what I don't like is to feel driven in my achievements so what I recommend you to do is that you just start in this moment, be in the thing. And so sometimes that's like, I'm cleaning my toilet. I'm in the thing of cleaning my toilet. And that's the fulfilling thing. I mean, I, as a uh, ex-house cleaner, professional house cleaner, I'm a very good professional house cleaner. There's nothing better than a clean toilet. You know, having cleaned something, having cleared the energy of something, having transformed it in that way is wonderful. So enjoy that. Enjoy not right now writing enjoy writing tomorrow be in it now that's all very much about trying to stay present with yourself in the creative process it's very essential that you do that because you will otherwise what happens when you lose your presence in the middle of your creative project is you start thinking about well you know, you're trying to make the thing, you're trying to write the book, you're trying to make the painting and you're thinking, well, am I, is this good? Are people going to like it? You start having these intrusive sociological, sociological, is that right? Intrusive thoughts that are about how society will react to you and your work. And, and that's when you know that you're not in the moment because really who gives a crap? What really is important to me when I'm at my painting is do I like this green with this pink? Am I enjoying the texture of the paint right now on my brush? Is this energy, is this, is this shading giving me the volume I want? That's what's important, not who else is ever going to love it or not love it. Like, does it matter to Grandma Moses I don't care about her paintings? No, it doesn't matter to her. She was doing the paintings, you know? So, so do the paintings. Now, if you are also... It gives you great satisfaction to achieve, uh, to come to completion, to come for, to fruition with your projects. The way that you do that, and this is another, this is a, a different problem, which is I get a vision and I don't know how to make the vision become fulfilled. And I really like the feeling of being fulfilled. What we do with that, and I'm, I'm frustrated if I don't get fulfilled, I'm frustrated. So what you have to do is you have to get the vision and then you got to back engineer it. So you get the vision. So I had a vision to have a podcast and I was like, let me, ha let me be as grand as I can. Uh, let me paint a big picture for myself of what that would look like. And with, you know, what would I call it and what would the names be and would I have sound and who would, how would it, where would it go to and how would I, you know, get it out there and have like, you know, what would I want to talk about? Have the grand vision and then back engineer it. And so what you want to do is take the grand vision and then go, okay, so bef just before I get the grand vision, what do I need to have be happening? What are the details of the things I need to be happening? So you, you go from the largest vision to the step back from that. And you go back, then you do the step back from that. And then, then you get the step back from that. And you keep going back all the way back from to, okay, well, if I'm going to have a podcast, then I've got to have a website. And if I'm going to have a website, then I've got to have someone who's going to make that website. And I've got to have someone who designed the website. I've got to have a name for the podcast. And so we get all of those details. 
And then once I've got all of those things that I know that I'm going to need to have in order to, and maybe half of those things are, I don't know what I need, but I know I have to find someone who can help me figure out what I need. Like I don't actually deal with the, the recording end of this. I have a Primo Engineero. Well, what did I do? I said, well, I need to get a Primo Engineero to help me do the recording part and they can tell me what I need to record. Um, and then I go all the way back and then I say, okay, so I have my long list. I've got my dream at the end and I've got my long back injured list. What do I, what can I do today? That's the first step on this list. And what do I feel inspired to do today? If you do those two things together and then every day you just do the next one and the next one, eventually you will have the thing that you, you will achieve your goal. And that includes today, I want to do nothing on this list. And today I want to take a break. And today I want to do something completely different and not even think about this. So that's how you practically make it happen. It's all about breaking it down into small, small chewable chunks and then doing that chunk that's in front of you because otherwise you will be overwhelmed and will not be able to achieve. And if you're overwhelmed, then you don't have it broken down into small enough parts. That's just as simple as that. But the important thing is that you're also inspired in that moment to do the thing. Um, if you're kind of yelling at yourself and sort of pushing yourself around and going, well, you're not doing good enough, or you're not doing this, or you need to get up off your, you know, butt and go do this, then you, you're not going to be in the golden moment. Cause as I say, it's, it's now it is present in this moment. Now, right this moment, you said you're a single mother, right this moment with your dirty toilet and your unwritten book and your, um, minimal guitar, sp um, skills and your beautiful child right this moment right this moment in you are in your golden moment and if you could really just love all of those things and come to a place of peace around them you'll be amazed at how much more fulfilled you can feel in any given moment regardless of what's happening to you and then, of course when the time comes for you to achieve your goals you can really celebrate it for as long as you can tolerate that for, which is about a day. After that, you have, you will find yourself wanting to get back to work. You'll, you'll celebrate, you'll be excited, you'll, you'll feel great. And then you'll be tired, you'll rest, you'll recover. And then within a couple of weeks to a month, you're going to want to get back to work for the next project because it's too much fun. The doing, the being in the moment, being in the projects, the fun part, it's not the achieving the project, right? Okay. Well, thanks for that question. You can ask pomegranate. Hi, Pom. This is Erin. Um, I had a question arise today when I was on a lovely walk in Mount Tabor. Uh, I was kind of doing a walking meditation, thinking a lot about um, intentions that I'd like to set tomorrow for spring equinox. And... I spent a lot of time just thinking, 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 uh, processing my thoughts. And then at some point, I got to this place where something told me to just stop thinking and asking and just listen. And then it was almost like a whole other, it was almost like my voice was talking to me, and I just didn't really know what that was like is that my intuition and then I was like what is this like some kind of oracle thing just kind of feeling that my intuition and my psychic skills are growing and developing and um my my rational mind wants to know what's going on and what these things are as they are developing um Anyway, I hope I articulated that question well enough, and I will listen for it on your podcast. Thanks. Well, it sounds to me like you are talking to your spirit guides, that there's, um, you know, I think 
uh, when you have whole conversations in your head, you know, not just like when you think about something and then you think about it more and then you think about it more and you think things, but when you're having that, like with words, whole conversations, I say this, and then the, the voice in my head says that, that you're talking to a spirit that is connected to you in some way. Now, it's really important to practice good this is why good spiritual hygiene is important. It's really important to practice good spiritual hygiene because if you don't have good boundaries, uh, you can end up talking to really any random spirit that you picked up in a back alley somewhere. And, you know, just because a, a being is in spirit doesn't mean that they're like really helpful. Or you might have like spirit guides that came, came in with you for one purpose and you've achieved that purpose and they're still hanging on. Like sometimes the spirit guides we have from childhood, which are the ones that are there to protect us through the terrible trauma of childhood, um, will also be there and doing the same protective stuff as you're an adult. And you actually no longer need them to do that. And they're causing problems. So assuming that you're practicing good spiritual hygiene and that you're paying attention uh, to the energies that are coming and that you've, you know, asked, uh, your guardians, your spiritual guardians to clear out any energies that are not helpful or useful to you. Um, and that your own personal center and boundaries are clear, assuming that you probably are talking to one of your spirit guides and your spirit guides, uh, will just talk to you like as if they're standing next to you and they will often take on your your own voice or you will filter it through your own voice as a way to not have to explain to you know people who don't believe that you are talking to your spirit guides so you'll just filter it through your own voice you'll be like uh, you know i'll just, you just you'll just do that we do that naturally we'll just give it a voice in our heads our own voice so that we can go well i was thinking to myself this is one way we put it and um so yes it sounds like when you let go of your brain trying to analyze it your brain using the limited resources that the brain has because the brain only has whatever stimulation that it has received throughout its life because your brain actually is one of the things that got born when you got when this you got born you're much older than your body but your body got born however many years ago you got born and it's had a certain amount of stimulation and the brain has gathered data based on that stimulation and that is pretty limited because especially given that it really will dump stuff that doesn't get used very often so when your your brain can process like your brain's really good at like following maps and maybe it's pretty good at doing addition and subtraction and ordering off a menu and that kind of thing but it's not really good at having a kind of cosmic view of things a kind of deep sense sensory knowledge of the truth of um, having a connection to your future your brain is very limited it's very it's very speculative um it really recasts the past and it has a hard time staying in the present so what we want to do is we want to quiet our brain in order to get in touch with our spirit um guides and one of the ways you can quiet your brain is just to go i know that you want to keep talking and that's fine and you can keep talking and of course your brain will talk with whatever programming that has been put into it and you can tell it okay you keep talking one of the things i do is i say all right brain you're going to go in this mason jar and i'm going to put a lid on you and then you're going to keep talking and i'm going to put you on the shelf and i can hear you you're you're dimmed down i can hear you and when i when i'm done i'll get you back um, and then I just, I just let that stay. When I hear it yammer away, I just go, oh, there it goes. And then through breath and intention, I calm myself and I go into a place of listening. And there are times in the day when this is easier. It's easier to do this first thing in the morning when your brain has actually been taken offline by sleep or late at night, but just before you go to bed. And in those moments, you can just see what's the information that's coming to me. And you just pay attention to those voices in your head. Yes, voices in your head. Yes, I know that schizophrenic people also hear voices in their head. I don't know that those voices aren't real. What I do know is those voices are not helpful usually. We're only listening for voices that are helpful, right? 
and have our best interests at heart. And so we listen to those voices and we listen to what they have to say. And in that way, you're going to sink down into that. And then, you know, you just check it out, man. You just see like, I mean, why be, why be impractical? Be practical. Go, okay, voice, you told me this. I'm going to test that out. I'm going to do what you said. And as long as it causes no harm to yourself or others, and you see if it's got some value, some truth, some reality to it. And if it does, then you start cultivating that relationship, just like you would any kind of mentors. You know, we all get mentors and sometimes we get mentors who don't know what the heck they're talking about. And we take their advice and it turned out they were wrong. And we take their advice again, it turns out they're wrong. And after a while we stopped listening to them as mentors, you know? And you, and you really, even in the spirit realm, you only want to take advice from people that you admire. If they have what you want, if they, they've achieved a thing you want to achieve, then you take their advice. But you don't take advice from people who you don't admire. You know, if someone's trying, trying to tell you how to have a great marriage and their marriage sucks, don't take their advice. Take the advice of the person who's in a good marriage because they, they've done it. They understand it. And, um, you know, I'm a, a vice giver. Obviously, I'm doing it professionally, but I also have like a chronic habit of giving people advice all the time. Um, most of it is pretty okay. Some of it is spectacular and some of it is absolute crap. And it's not, it's actually up for people to filter that out. Uh, when they're listening to, to me, uh, when they're my friends, I try to give the high quality advice on the podcast here since I'm doing it professionally. So I recommend that you just get in touch with those voices and test them out and make sure that they're helping you. And never forget, you can always fire a spirit guide. They're, they're spirits. They're not, you know, gods. They have a different perspective, but they might not be useful to you. You can fire them or you can reassign them. I've done that more than once with my guides. You can ask pomegranate. Five two zero two 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 ninety nine twenty two. Hi pomegranate. This is April. I have a question for you. Um, in podcast number two, you talked a little bit about the concept of spiritual materialism. And I find this really fascinating. Um, In the years that I've been, uh, I guess, what am I, shaman, mystic, priestess type person, um, I've come across a lot of spiritual materialism, and most people have no idea that that is what they are really practicing. I was wondering if you'd spend some time to go into more detail about what that is and what that means and um, how you can kind of do a self-check and 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 see where you're at and monitor yourself, make sure you're not slipping into something that is not healthy uh, spiritually for you or for those around you. Wonderful question. Uh, spiritual materialism is a is a problem. It's one of the, I don't know if it's a problem, it's, it's definitely one of the challenges that when approaching a spiritual life, you'll encounter, I've certainly engaged in it myself, um, and what it is, is, so there's plain old materialism where you're, you get a feeling of value by um, what you possess. So I possess a fur coat or I possess a large house or I have a really fancy car or I have a terrible old beater car. Actually, I do have a terrible old beater car. I love my little car. And um, that means I'm less or I have a fancy car and that means I'm more. And these are um, kind of status symbols and we get our status from uh, being from the having more money and being more elite. And that's basic materialism. And we all know what that is. We all you know, have experienced it to some degree. Um, classism, racism, all fall into those categories of, and why. So then you can have uh, spiritual materialism, which is where you get status or value from your spiritual experiences <laughs> or from your spiritual powers or from your spiritual life or sometimes from your spiritual, you know, crap, the spiritual stuff you own. You know, like I have this... <laughs> You know, definitely in the 80s, there was a big crystal wand thing that went around and it was like, you know, people were selling crystals and they sold this crystal of as like 
you know, I remember one person said, well, I, I found this, these crystals and they were programmed in Atlantis and now you can buy one and this is your crystal, you probably programmed it and now it's coming back to you all these lifetimes later. It's like, okay. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but it just, it also on some level just sounds like a sales job, right? You know, like my intrinsic spiritual power can't possibly be coming from this wand that this lady is selling me. Um, and I would pref would have preferred for her to say, here's what it is with this wand. I like making wands and I really like crystals and I really like the beauty and the energy of a crystal. And I like this stick and I put them together and I wove them and aren't they pretty? And here's how much they cost. I, that's a little more plain, right? But to amp it up with, I programmed it in Atlantis Okay, that means, just think about that. That means that I was in, in Atlantis and that I was, you know, one of the special people in Atlantis. And now here I am reincarnated, ready to do my Atlantis work again. And there's just a lot, you know, with a $30 wand, you know, it's just like, huh? Okay. And then, so then what happens if I don't, you know, if it doesn't work for me or if to, you know, so spiritual materialism is that it can be about stuff. It can about be about buying the chalice or you know, making sure that you, you know, have the most beautiful uh, cross with the best, you know, dying Jesus on it. It can be that. But then there's a more insidious version of it, which is I am going to, um, you know, train with this teacher because this teacher has the power and the this and the that. And then I will have the power and the this and the that. And it's like, you know, I'll, I have to tell you, um, your teacher, it's good to have a good teacher that you trust, but your teacher can't actually bring you power, your power, your spiritual depth, your ability to have a spiritual, um, experience is actually about you and not about your teacher. And I say that as a teacher, like I can't give you, I can't give you power. I can't give you a spiritual experience. I can't give you, uh, I can't transfer my life experience to you either. And so the thing to be aware of is that if you are seeking more to feel more valuable, like feel like you have the value, you have the strength, you have the power through acquiring spiritual experiences or spiritual teachers or going down to the Amazon and working with the shamans down there, um, you actually won't gather any more value. You might, you will definitely have more of an experience. It won't necessarily be positive. So I've frequently had people who were like, you know, I went down there and I had the shaman thing and I kind of got attacked and that guy was molesting all the women and this and that and this. And, you know, you'll have an experience. It might not be the one that elevates you because what you have, the problem that you're having, and I've had this problem. It's not like something weird and strange. We, we, many of us get it. We almost all get it, which is I am seeking something and I want to get it and I don't know how to get it. And so I'm paying for it or I'm striving for it. And again, it comes to that topic of I'm looking for it outside myself and you will not find it outside yourself. You can train and cultivate it within yourself. And that's what teachers are good for. And that's what spiritual experiences are good for. They're good for training and cultivating it inside yourself. But you are the only person who can find it. You can get initiated by the most famous of the witches and magicians in the world, and you still won't have it um, unless you cultivate it in yourself. And that is an internal experience. And that is about recognizing and assessing your ego and your ego needs, because after all, all of this spiritual materialism is about your ego needs. It's about feeding your ego. And your ego is your persona in the world. Your ego is how you understand, who you understand yourself to be. Um, or it can be, and this is even better if you can do this. It, it's how you, how, how you understand yourself to present yourself to others so that you can say, here's who I choose to present myself as, but I'm not real attached to it. And that's kind of a really tricky thing to be in your ego and outside your ego, ego simultaneously. So it, it, when we surrender the ego and we stay present in the moment, that's when you can find that internal truth because everything, if that which you seek, you find not within yourself, 
You shall never find it without, for behold, I have been with you from the beginning, and I am that which is attained at the end of desire. That's a quote from the, the charge of the goddess, and that quote is saying, when I, in a very eloquent way, this idea that striving for the feeling of being valued by acquiring spiritual knowledge or spiritual experiences will never avail you because you have everything you need in this moment inside of you because you are directly connected to the divine. You are directly connected to the world of mystery. You are directly, and you are a conduit for that world of mystery. And it is inside of you. And no one, not me, nobody else, can give that to you. Only you can give that to yourself. And that comes from surrender. And that comes from surrendering to the divine that is in you. Not to somebody outside yourself, but to the divine that is in you. And so what do you do when you find yourself in <laughs> a situation where you're striving and your, your ego is like, I'm going to go and teach. I studied with the blah, blah, blah. And they told me this. And now I know that I am, you know, enlightened or I am the big one. I'm the big kahuni. Am I the one, you know, what, when you're striving for that and you find yourself striving and maybe you even get it and you go, oh, well, that wasn't what I was hoping for. What do you do? What you do is you go, what is it in me right now that I'm trying to heal? Because the reason that you're doing that, the reason I did it, the reason we do it, and if I do it again, I'm sure I will, um, is because I'm trying to heal something in me, some, some lack of self-worth, some lowering of my value, some injury that I have yet to uncover. Um, and so you can just stop and you breathe. We always stop and breathe. And you ask, what is it I'm trying to heal right now? And if you encounter someone who's in that space and, you know, you're, they're spiritually materialistic and you can see it and it hurts your heart and you're, you feel it and it makes you feel upset or scared or, you know, angry, what you can also do is just go, oh, I wonder, you know, I wonder what they're trying to heal. I, and it may be your business to find out. It may be business just to go, ah, oh, yeah, man, ouch, that looks like that's an injury. They're trying to heal it through filling this up. And, and of course, we have to try that and it won't work and that's okay. And, but it's okay to try to fill it up with big houses or wands from Atlantis or studying with the special Peruvian shamans. Not that there's anything wrong with studying with teachers, but doing it out of your ego, doing it out of your spiritual materialism. Um, it's all about trying to heal something. And healing comes also from within. Um, I do healing work and I can't heal you, but I can encourage you to heal yourself. And I can't help, I can't find for you the true divine within you and show it to you, but I can encourage you to go look for it and find it within yourself. And when you f go look for it, you will be given grace. You will be given a glimpse of it. Because it's there, honey, your beauty, your, your divine, your divinity. And it's right there, right now, ready for you. You can ask Pomegranate. Hi, Pomegranate. My name's Claudia, and I love, love, love your podcast. Thank you so very much. My question is if there's some sort of spiritual penalty for ending one's life, in the case of a terminal illness or a diagnosis of some degenerative disease, I'd like to think that if I have the choice, I'd like to move on while I'm still able. Or is this situation part of the experience in this life and one must go through it or have to another time? I'm not asking for trouble here, and I certainly hope just thinking this doesn't give me that bad mojo, does it? I'm just very curious, as I would not like to imagine being dependent, because I'm very independent. Although I can be dependent, I don't think I have a problem being dependent. I'm just really curious about this one. Thank you so much and love you. <laughs> um, it's that question of dependence and independence. That's a whole nother question, isn't it? Um, you know, it's all true. You get to be dependent and independent, but there's no real true independence, right? Um, okay. So good question. Oh my goodness. Does, does ending your life, um, 
if after a terminal illness early before letting natural causes happen, does that have a spiritual impact? I mean, I guess like everything has a spiritual impact. I mean, if you want to talk about, I mean, what you're talking about is medical intervention. You're saying I'm, I've got a cure for life and it's this, it's in Oregon, we have a pill. If you get terminally ill, um, you can get it in your diagnosis is within six months. I think you can get a pill to kill yourself and pretty much I'll just let you know right now, people, everybody, I'm probably going to take the pill. Um, I'm, I'm for it. I'm for that kind of medical intervention. I get all kinds of medical intervention, um, on a regular basis. I probably, all of you guys do. Uh, and we are so blessed to have so many modalities of intervention and that end of life intervention is so intense there. That's when it really ramps up. That's when most of the people spend most of their money on medical care is in the last two to five to 10 years of life. And, uh, so you are going to be having interventions unless you actively work against it in a really strong way. And which means you got to talk everybody in your family into it and they're all going to bug you probably. And they're all going to be like, no, 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 get the intervention. So, uh, taking a pill at the end is an, another intervention. And if you really want to never have any kind of that happen to you, then stop getting healthcare now, because that's just one more form of healthcare. Now, what are the spiritual implications of that? They're what they are, man. It's like everything. <laughs> Here's the thing from a spiritual, a spiritual standpoint, everything is, every experience is valuable. And there are no tragedies. So if you are, if you commit intentionally commit suicide, for instance, um, what happens is you go to heaven, just like everybody else. Like unless you get, become a ghost and get stuck here, another topic, another day, you're, you're really, there are no negative consequences because it's not a punishment reward system, you know, it's just, you're here to have an experience. And if one of the experiences is I'm going to take my life in my own hands and kill myself, then that's what you're doing. Uh, you know, people have as many different experiences on the other side of life, at, from suicide as they do from, you know, car accidents or, um, uh, you know, dying of old age, everybody has an, indiv an individual experience after they die upon exiting that, um, has a lot of consistencies, but there's also a lot of diversity. So it's really as individual as your life was and what you, they, they tell me that what you project will happen to you often is the initial experience. The initial experience is very similar to what you, what you will project will happen to you. Um, and it's partly just so you can process it, process what's happening. That's on one hand. On the other hand, there's all this, this other really consistent things that happen when you have an easy, successful crossing over that pretty much, you know, what's going to happen. Dr. Raymond Moody chronicles in his book, I think his book is called Life After Life. But Dr. Raymond Moody, look him up. He did all the research with the uh, near-death experience people years ago. So yeah, no, there's no negative consequence for, for taking the pill. And there, if you are, uh, if, if it's your thing to suffer at the end of your life, because you feel like that's your karma and that's what you want to learn about, then you go for it. And if it's not, um, don't, here's the thing you, if you're going to get cancer or you're going to get some other thing, you will be on meds. Uh, you will, it's very, very unlikely that your friends, family and medical people are going to allow you to be in pain. You probably will not allow yourself to be in pain. And why should you? I mean, I'm going to take an aspirin. If I get a headache, I'm going to get acupuncture. I'm going to do all, I'm going to eat differently. I'm going to do all kinds of things, but I'm taking the ibuprofen, right? So at the end of your life, if you have cancer and you're in incredible amounts of pain, you will be on medication that will stop that pain. That is an intervention. And one, one pill that will take you out at the end is in Oregon. We have this, it's legal. Um, it's just another intervention. So yeah, no, it's fine. And by the way, also just, you said this one thing too, Claudia, you said, um, it's just by thinking this going to make me suffer. No, <laughs> um, thinking does not make things happen that easily. What you have to do 
in, in order to think something into being is you actually have to use a lot of your sensory perception to do it. You have to really, in order to manifest things, which is very possible, you have to do it with a certain amount of intention and it has to be kind of over and over again. And random quizzical thoughts about something does not make it happen. It actually has to be woven into the pattern of your future. And we do that through the thing called spell working or through meditation or through visualization. And you do it over and over again. And the more senses you bring to it. So you do, you do visualize it and you taste it and you smell it and you hear it and you feel it when you do that over and over again, when you have uh, a daydream over and over again, or when you say the same thing over and over again, over and over again, eventually you do call that thing to you. But, you know, just having a conversation about it or a quiz, uh, inquiring about it or a thought about it doesn't, it's not that instant, right? It's not that fast. So no, you're not manifesting a suffering death by going, I really would prefer not to have a suffering death. Now, if you have seen someone suffer in death and it, was terrifying and horrifying for you and you haven't processed that. And so then you spend every day thinking about how you might have to suffer in death. Yeah, you could, you could call that in. It's possible, but here's the thing. Here's the good news about that. Eventually you're going to die and it'll be over. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Like it will be over. And we do live in a time when, um, we get a lot of intervention. And if it's like, for instance, um, an accident and you get severely injured, uh, what happens is you actually leave your body before the injury. You actually are removed from your body before you get the injury and you don't feel the pain. Uh, our body gets a, a little over a low place of overload and, um, you don't feel it. So, and it, it's, there's only so much the body's willing to go through. So uh, I don't want you to worry about thinking as a, as a way to manifest things. It actually takes intention. It actually takes focus and it takes energy to manifest things. You can ask pomegranate. Well, that's our podcast for today. And I'd just like to thank my primo engineero for making all of the technical things happen. Otherwise, it would just be me, me sitting in my house talking to myself, which kind of is my life. Um, I want to thank you for uh, engineering, and I'd like to thank our callers. And if you, of course, don't forget to call 520-222-9922 and leave your questions for Ask Pomegranate. And remember, you don't have to ask. You are the one. You're the one who's going to save the world. You're the one who's here to be the one who's here. You can ask Pomegranate. 520 222